0: Welcome to the Delta Good Review. I'm Kyle.
1: I'm Jason. And I'm Paddy.
0: Thank you very much, Paddy, for joining us all the way from Melbourne. And I'm very excited to have you on today's episode. This is the episode I've been looking forward to the most as we discuss Delta's B-side tracks. Over the last 20 years, Delta has provided more than 24 B-side tracks across all of the different eras and the different singles that she's released. And today we're going to be going through them and discussing some of our favorites and maybe some of our not-so-favorite tracks throughout the time. Before we start, I wanted to ask you guys a question. Why do you think, for Delta Goodwin fans, B-sides are such an important part of her discography?
2: Well, for me, we know that Delta writes a lot of songs for each of her eras, and obviously only a few of them can make the final album. And we know that Delta often has a very clear vision for her album. And so a lot of the b sides are songs that wouldn't necessarily fit, but are amazing songs in their own right. And a lot of them as well take on a different direction, which we're not used to seeing with Delta. So that's always an interesting listen for a lot of the songs for me, at least.
1: Yeah, I would have to agree with a lot of what Jason just said too. I was just reviewing these leading up to this podcast. I noticed that, yeah, a lot of the songs, you know, some, as you said, can skew off a little bit different to the rest of the vision of the album. Then some are kind of like those extensions or those ones that, you know, are very close. They have the same kind of feel to what the album was there too. And there's just those which I found very similarities. There's like songs that, you know, have a similar vibe, which we'll get to shortly between the albums that kind of have that same similar messaging. So it's whether one messaging was that bit stronger or it was just to be able to be said in a more, you I know, mean, concise in a way that preferred so it was interesting yeah going through these in the lead up to this and seeing that yeah you can definitely see how passionate a lot of the fans are when we're doing our bunker downs and the b-sides you know they live in the hearts of a lot of the fans
0: yeah I agree with you both for me I feel these are more of her experimental songs they're darker at times and songs which you can tell they wouldn't fit in kind of a mainstream album because of the kind of the nature of them but they are so special for us because sometimes the bits where we find out a bit more about her because she can in her lyrics she's opening up about herself and I think because they're the songs that then we've grown to love but we don't get to hear I think that what makes them even more special because it is this kind of yearning for wanting to hear them and as Paddy says we have all been you know asking for these for so many years and the bunker downs it was like mm. she kind of brought them to life and I think particularly for international fans it's great that these songs are now available on streaming services where previously I would have had to go to YouTube to go and have a listen to these tracks So let's start from the beginning. Let's go very back to the beginning of the Innocent Eyes era back in the early 2000s. We've got four tracks on there. Any track you would like to start with there, guys? Yeah. Well, let's,
2: as you say, start at the very beginning with Here I Am, because that was obviously the B-side to I Don't Care. And there are two versions of this, of course. So there's the original sort of dance pop version on I Don't Care. And terrible. then there's the piano and cello version on Predictable. And I heard you there saying terrible. But honestly, I love both of these. And they are completely different, but they so have different. completely different vibes for me. And like I said, with Dancing with a Broken Heart, actually, on The Child with the Universe, I really appreciate both of these at a different points for whatever sort of mood
0: I'm in. I feel that they killed that song when they put a dance remix to it. I think it's a beautiful song. The cello version that was on the Predictable single was beautiful. And I feel like you really got the essence of that song. For me personally, the the dance version feels like something someone would put on in a cheesy nightclub. A dance remix of an original song. It doesn't feel like this version is actually the original version of the song.
1: Yeah. Look, I understand where you're coming from with absolutely Kyle as well. I do like it, but I think for, you know, I don't care. You can say the same thing about that song. It wasn't the direction that, you know, we know her as now. And I think it falls in that kind of thing too. Both songs aren't really where she went. I do love it. I Don't Care. And I do like Here I Am too, but I just take myself back to a 12 year old boy and I just enjoy the music to it there as well. And I think, isn't it funny that I don't know, well, I'm assuming she, she didn't write it. That's correct. I don't think she would have written that song, but she did she, write she, it. She yeah. did. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you for clarifying that. But once again, from the very early days of the, the lyrics, talking about you know floating in the stars comets colliding imagine that you're flying here with me all these like, references to you know the universe and stuff and how that's been such a you know common theme right through all the albums even b-sides or album songs and that kind of thing as well but between that and the cello version it depends on what mood i'm in kind of thing too. it's a the uptempo ones that bit of a blast from the past but then you know you in that kind of a chill mood and that cello version is quite beautiful it's really nicely done so i understand where you guys are coming from but look they are what they are i don't really feel passionately about them either way they just are what they're yeah but yeah, offer same different.
0: Look
2: I do actually I think what you were saying Kyle the, the lyrics really come to light in the piano and cello version and I really like actually well all of the lyrics but in particular the second verse kind of gives me the same sort of feeling of speed of life because she says I don't know where I'm heading and I don't know where I'll go that kind of sort of uncertainty of where you're going in life I kind of get from that.
0: Yeah I think with all of these ones in this era they're very fitting around the kind of what it was Innocent Eyes you can really sense that innocence in the lyrics like, like this kind of young person who's just starting to kind of get into adulthood and starting to ask those kind of questions about life but yeah you can sort of sense and also vocally when you're hearing it now it's amazing to listen to those tracks i think oh my god that voice like to what it's become now there is such a transformation in the voice Mm. of her but yeah moving on to another one on here we have hear me calling was another track jason remind me which one it was on
2: well, it was on different ones. I think in Australia, it was on Innocent Eyes. And in the Correct. UK, it was on Lost Without You.
0: Yeah, really? I like Hear me calling. I think this is actually kind of the type of B-sides we've become very familiar with. It kind of has a very like, more darker feel to them. And I really liked her voice in that. It's actually a side of her voice, I don't think we got to hear in the Innocent Eyes, really. It was that kind of more edgier, grittier voice in there. And I really like Hear me calling.
1: For me, I really enjoyed this revival. I felt this song really came back to life during Bunker Down, and obviously Matt seemed to really love it. He said it was his favorite of hers that she sang during the Bunker Down sessions there as well too. I believe it was a Vinnie and Delta collaboration back then as well. So even you know all these songs that they you know have written back in the day around that Innocent Eyes album time as well. It's great to see that they just wrote so much and great quality songs together. <laughs>
2: To be honest, I never really thought much of Hear Me Calling, and it's I know how much you like hearing what songs remind me of, but this was just a very tiny bit. I don't know if you know the Madonna song, Sky Fits Heaven. Well, if you listen to it, it's just a very little bit of the chorus kind of gives me that similar vibe, but apart from that, I don't have that much to say
0: we're all clearly lost for words so we will move on to that song so lost for words personally i don't like the production of this song yeah this is just one of those songs which i'm like yeah can see why it didn't make the album like for me just is not a strong song i feel like i've always sort of disliked songs where you get this kind of dub beat background that's kind of like production added in it just doesn't do anything for the song
1: for me, I would have to say, I think am i correct, Jason is saying it's the
0: first song she ever wrote. To yeah, page. she definitely said that's one wow, of the first ones. Wow, I just literally ripped apart her first ever song. I'm <laughs> so sorry, Delta. <laughs> that's all right. I'm sure she'll forgive you. It's all good. She's come
1: a long way. Her writing skills have gotten a lot better too. But look, I just think back to that age and, you know, what I was doing at that age to think that she was writing, you know, even lyrics of that nature, being in touch with her emotions and how she was, you know, viewing life at that age is quite incredible to think. And yeah, look, I hear what you're saying. I don't think it's the strongest B-side out there as well, but for I think she was 14 or 13 when she wrote it yeah Yeah. look what it is i hear what you're saying i mean i did
0: songwriting at 13 and 14 for about five years and i go back and read some of the songs i wrote like what the hell like totally (laughs) different lens yeah yeah definitely
2: i actually quite like listening to Lost for words but i think lyrically it's a very strange one i mean the lyrics don't make a huge amount of sense but i guess that's what it's about you know she's lost for words she doesn't quite know what she's saying but she does in this song she has that quote if you're not going to say anything nice then don't say anything at all which was one that she really stuck with
0: oh is that where that comes from oh that's lovely changed my opinion of that song now
2: (laughs) and i like her sort of vocalization on this where she goes into a high part of her voice it's really nice
0: the last one on there is right there waiting
1: So I think the lyrics, and just like, you know, so please stop and turn around, then you'll see me, I'll be there searching, right there waiting for you, just, it kind of just represents the person that Delta is, you know, she's always wanting to give the very best of herself to people, and she never tries to upset or offend anybody, you know, her loyalty, as we know, to those that are good to her as well. So obviously, if I'm assuming she's writing from her own teenage life experience, just once again, shows that she hasn't changed till this day with that same kind of messaging and how she treats people. So it's just a little thing that I picked up on reviewing that song recently.
0: But I think it goes back to that thing, which I believe so many producers when they met her at 15 were like, it was about somebody who could write in this way at 14, 15, mm. had the kind of ability to write things, which were actually very adult related content. And I think she always had a quite mature head on her, even from such a young age
2: yeah so it I mean because this it. one was on the cd it said demo age 14 in mm. brackets and I always found that really fascinating because when I heard it, I was 13 so I was thinking wow I couldn't ever imagine doing something like that but yeah and I think the interesting thing actually about the b-sides in this era is there aren't actually many from the era because you know lost for words right there waiting there are some really early songs she's written here yeah, I here am, I am yeah so hear me calling I think is the only actual one from this era because I think she said at the time she was writing for the Innocent Eyes album when she wrote a song it went on the album
0: it goes to show how much Sony did invest in her then as well given that it was about a three or four year lead up from being sort of discovered by the record label to then getting the album so they did spend a lot of time working on trying to find the right sound for her and which you know most artists it's like put out an album didn't work by like in the fact that they really did see something in her and it invested in her even after say you know the first single didn't do that well they obviously saw there was something special and they didn't want to just let her go so you know, give some credit there to Sony for that moving on then to the second era which was mistaken identity there is a staggering eight b-sides which I think just goes to show that during a time where Delta was going through her own personal troubles she found solitude in writing and I think she always has done but I can imagine there are probably more than just eight other b-sides out there and yeah Mm -hmm. there must be books and books worth of material I want to start off by talking about one from the Outer of Blue single, which was Visualize. Now, I have a bit of a story about Visualizing in terms of just, I went to Woolworths. I think they exist in the UK, and I think it's Woolies. Maybe this still exist in That's Australia. It. But I went to my Woolworths to buy this single, and on the day it came out, you had CD1 and CD2. For some reason, I drew towards CD1 to have Visualize. Handing my CD over, and I went home, and they'd given me CD2, and I had How a Dream Looks and Beautiful Madness on there. And I was so disappointed that I didn't have visualize and it was really my uncle six months later had also bought the single and he had visualized and actually uh, gave me the cd and oh I just fell in love with it like, it is so beautiful so positive so lifting like it is just pure delta in its entirety of that kind of positive light that she wants to bring to people so yeah I absolutely love that song mm,
1: I'd have to echo as well so it's a very strong B side I do like it it's one of my favourites in there as well but just kind of wonder obviously the Visualizer name obviously then led into the tour as well so the visualiser tour so obviously wonder what kind of significance this song had to her and like it didn't fit on the album but obviously it was strong enough to have some sort of reference to that era or just summing up the first two chapters there as well. But just the song itself, the messaging kind of reminds me of maybe what Disorientated was a little bit, Unmistaken Identity was, but, you know, head spinning, you know, trying to stay focused and stay positive, you know, when life gets a bit too crazy and that kind of thing as well. So that's where my mind kind of went upon re-listening to it again. So yeah, very positive kind of messaging there, which I like about it.
0: I absolutely love the piano in there. I feel like it's one of those fusals where the piano just, I could just imagine like really just going for it on the piano. Like yeah. never, in many of the songs where it's not just the piano, there's loads of other instruments in there. But I just really mm-hmm. feel like you can really hear that when they start that chorus, you can really hear her going for it on the piano. It's and I just absolutely strong. love that.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's strong, it's powerful. Yeah. It hits home the message, which I like.
2: I don't think you're going to like what I'm going to say, because I do appreciate the lyrics of this song. And her voice, again, sounds amazing. And I do like the sort of imagery that the song brings up. But for me, it's never been one of my favorites. And I think maybe it's because the chords are a bit strange. And Don't do yeah, this never, to me, Jason. But I feel like maybe if there was a different sort of arrangement to it, maybe I would like it more
0: paddy i know that you have kept a list of the songs that delta has yet to perform live yes this is obviously one of the ones on there and this is when bunker downs come up this is the one that i just keep tweeting visualize please visualize please like so i will continue delta please can we hear visualize it would be just so beautiful to hear it. yeah i find it weird that she didn't actually perform it on the visualize tour yeah i think it was interesting it did get you know your first headline tour in your home country you call it visualize that song must mean something like and i feel with delta that everything has Meaning, she wouldn't have just picked it because she thought she couldn't think of anything. There's a meaning to that, and so it has to be something special.
1: Keep the faith, guys. I think we didn't think we're going to get many of these B-sides in the Bunker Down sessions ever, so keep the faith. We may get it eventually one day, but I hear you, I echo your sentiments.
0: The other two that were on there, as I say, varies depending on the country, but in the UK, Beautiful Madness and How a Dream Looks were on Out of the Blue. I don't know if that was different in Australia, but what are we thinking of those two tracks?
2: Well, Beautiful Madness is probably my favorite out of the out of the blue B-sides. I think it's just got such really feel-good vibes. You know, it's just the acoustic guitar. And I think as well, I associate it with when she came to Europe in 2004, because that's the song she used for that sort of video she did for the Mistaken Identity DVD. So yeah, I love Beautiful Madness. And How a Dream Looks is a song that actually took a while to grow on me. I think because, well, like you, Kyle, I had the CD2 version of Out of the Blues. So I was always sort of obsessed with beautiful madness. So I kind of overlooked How a Dream Looks at the time. But I think it's a really beautiful sort of chilled, laid back song. And again, I kind of like the imagery it brings up. And it has that sort of feeling, you know, like you're sailing in a boat in a really calm sea. And yeah, that's a really nice track as well.
1: Yeah, beautiful. I'd have to say on Beautiful Madness, as I, I agree with Jason, one of those feel-good B-side songs, that catchy guitar throughout the song, Company and the Piano just gets you going every time. And I know that was one that was heavily requested on a lot of the Bunker Downs, so fingers crossed we'll get it again soon. But just listening to the lyrics again, and it just expresses you know, those relationships in your life. You know, they have all the craziness that comes with it, but yeah, at the same time, it's just so comforting. And that's what just makes it so great. And just some other things I picked up, just the lyrics to it, like the way she uses these different analogies, like, you know, you're a suitcase lost in Hong Kong. I'm a 7 a.m. child, you can always sleep till noon, like such interesting writing, you know, where she was pulling those references from, I thought them to be quite interesting. So yeah. Oh, and how a dream looks. Yeah, just would say the same as Jason, just takes me to, you know, a bit of a jazz cafe chill vibe, you know, makes me feel very relaxed. Like just wanna be swinging in a hammock on a beautiful sunny day. It's that kind of song, just very chill. And as Jason said as well, it paints that picture. You know, you're out on that boat, you're just sailing around and you're just having a great time. So, it's good, it's not my strongest one, but I can put it on and go, oh, that's enjoyable. So that's where that one sits for me
2: we
0: can sail around the world tonight. Yeah, How You Much is definitely not one that's really stood out for me. Weirdly, sometimes I feel like it kind of reminds me of like sort of 60s shopping music kind of thing. like, <laughs> like da, 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 da. Da, da, like that kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. But actually, when you're just hearing you talk about sort of this idea of the kind of, you know, the still will sail around the world. And actually, yeah, you do kind of just imagine you were lying on a boat. You could kind of feel like you're floating, kind of thing. I get that. Beautiful yeah. madness. I feel like sort of mirrors the out of the blue video with the kind of I always imagine the visuals and the colours. And I can imagine if you put that song even with the out of the blue video, I think it could work. And I love the fact that in this era we did get some of the kind of more colourful and more positive songs through the B sides. And I think some of those were not in the album. I guess that wasn't going to tell the story she wanted to tell. But I do enjoy that song as well. And then we move on to the Mistaken Identity single, which was obviously a darker single compared to Out of the Blue." And I think some of the B-sides reflected that. And so there was definitely some sort of stronger lyrics in there. So let's go next then to Silence Be Heard as a B-side for Mistaken Identity.
1: So it was probably a B-side that took me a little while to warm up to, but until I found a time where I could relate to it. So definitely when you're in that mood and that zone, you know, relating to those feelings of, you know, you give so much to someone or something and it's either, you know, thrown back in your face, it's unappreciated and, you know, it sucks to feel that hurt, you know, but then you don't want to get the best of you anymore and let yourself get dragged down by that. So I enjoyed the slight darkness of the song. You know, the keys are very you know deep. I'm not sure what the technical term is there, Jason, on the piano, but it's, you know, is this what I get for being a good person to you? You know, that really hammers at home, that lyric is. Is definitely the strongest, and I will not change. I will just grow from now on. I know. I'm sounding like Delta, you know, recounting all the lyrics in my reviews here, but it's just literal, it's to the point, and that's what I like about it. It's a strong B side for me. I like it a lot
0: can i ask this is a song i hadn't discovered until many years later given that this wasn't released here in the uk and you know we don't always hear them all that easily so i love the song but i feel like i can particularly think about the lyric it was late october and the time of it was 2004 we're thinking she went Mm. through a breakup and i've always sort of associated this song with Mm. that breakup if you think of some of the things that were going on at that time so i've always associated that song with that particular incident in her Mm. life it may be completely irrelevant but yeah
2: that's what i always thought it was about as well but i mean it's or speculation in any case. But no, this is a song that I've always loved. I love the melody in it, and the piano melody that goes throughout the song. The lyrics, as you say, Paddy, you know, there's a real sort of strength and dignity in that Mm. as well. And you can really hear the sort of passion in her voice. And even at the very end, and at the start, she goes into this sort of whisper. Kind of like
0: a breathy, isn't it? And it's not something we hear very often from her, but she does it really well. No, I think it's a great track
2: yeah and this one i thought kind of reminded me of enough as well in terms of the chords in the chorus so i actually did like a mini mashup of it and i think it works really well together so that's one oh. i'd love to hear dolls to do
0: Is this what I And then moving on to another track, fitting on the theme of darkness was The Riddle, which mm. I find so many fans are obsessed with The Riddle. like, it surprises me. It surprises, surprises me that, because mm. I love the melody and I love the instrumental. Lyrically, it's not one of the ones that i I think because it's such an odd lyrics that maybe I feel sugar to connect mm. with it. But so many fans get really pumped up about this song. So uh, Jason, do you have any reasons why people find this song in particular as a standout B-side?
2: well I don't know if you should ask me it's not one of my favorites although maybe it's because as you say you know it's a confusing one I don't quite understand it which I guess is the point you know I haven't solved the riddle yet so if anyone has then please <laughs> let us know but yeah again no I like the piano throughout it It kind of reminds me a little bit of The Analyst and so much so that when because The Analyst had a sort of video for the tour and I've always thought it would work well with The Riddle so I did like do a version with The Riddle on top of it and I think it fits really well so I might put that out there at some point.
1: Very good. For me, I would probably say until the bunker down performance of this song, I could never make out what half the words of the song were, to be honest. It was, as you said, very confusing and I couldn't make out what the words were. But once I understood the lyrics, you know, it's the fire, it's the rain, it's the reason I'm insane, here's the riddle in my call, that kind of thing. It's like, okay, I'm getting a bit more of the picture there as well, which I wasn't getting just from listening to it for some unbeknownst reason. But you know, you can relate to that, you know, about people thinking they know you based on their perceptions of you, but they don't. You know, people having that picture of you in that box. And I'm fascinated to know what headspace that she was in when she was writing these lyrics because they're very complex, you know, very thought-provoking. And as Jason said, the piano breakdown, that I think three quarters of the way through the song, I'm obsessed with it. That alone is the highlight of the song for me. I absolutely love that as well. And I think that was something that was really encompassed a lot in the Mistaken Identity album. And that's what I loved about that album was those mm. long piano breakdowns and that kind of thing that was featured in those songs. So yeah, I've grown to like it a bit more than I did. It was very much low down on my B-side list, but it's just gone up a few notches
0: since Bunker Down for me. I feel like the lyrics of this song explain why she wrote like disorientated, like this idea of like so many thoughts going through her mind and the analyst mm-hmm. and they say, I feel like they do sort of sum up maybe, and I guess the point, Paddy, you made at the beginning was that certain songs don't make it because maybe the message has already been mentioned in another song that is mm. no reinforcing it again. And I think there is a lot of songs in there which are related to overthinking and evaluating things. So I think this, again, fits into that kind of category it's reason yeah. a my moving on then on the single for a little too late we had a song called if I forget
2: I actually quite like if I forget. This one was co-written with some Swedish writers and I do like that sort of Scandinavian Swedish pop sound. And it'll be nice to hear a bit more of that. Because I think she did a few years ago work with another Swedish writer, but we haven't heard any of those songs. But yeah, you know, I do appreciate the lyrics of if I forget to say I love you, doesn't mean that I don't. And again, this one on the CD, it was titled as a demo mix, which is interesting that they felt the need to specify that because it does sound quite finished, in my opinion. I think that the sort of demo bit for me is towards the end it feels like she kind of ran out of lyrics and she just kind of repeats herself but apart from that I really like
0: it it's interesting they use the word demo because there's some of the other b-sides in particularly the innocent eyes which actually don't sound like they were properly finished off production wise in terms of the quality didn't sound as good as others so yeah it surprised me they had the need to put demo in that one
1: yeah, it's interesting that did decide to do that I agree with Jason as well The lyrics look, they are very repetitive It has that real demo kind of vibe to it, which is fine But it's one of my favourites for some reason I don't know why, just listening to it And a bit of key, I don't mind singing along to it as well So it just sings well, it feels well for me Yeah, look, you know, it's not the greatest song ever too But just has, you know, a special place for me For some unbeknownst reason
0: And then final for the Mistaken Identity era was Turn You Away. And interestingly, I think some of these B-sides in this era were clearly written even post-album release. So it's interesting that she was still writing stuff and then wanting to include them into some of the single releases. So yeah, Turn You Away, yeah, it's not one that really stands out to me. It's quite a different vibe to Delta's typical stuff. I think it feels slightly kind of like an American soul style. I can imagine like people in the background kind of clapping along with her to the chorus. <laughs> but yeah, no, I don't have much else to say on that one.
1: Look, I personally don't mind it. I find it to be quite a good B-side just for Delta. I think that era was, you know, it was a mistaken identity era. It was quite heavy and a lot of the songs were a bit darker in that as well. And the kind of only up-tempo kind of vibe that I can think off the top of my head was that a little too late kind of sound there as well. So I'd have another up-tempo, at least as a B-side song. You know, the piano is going heavily throughout as well. I personally don't mind it as well. And the song's message as well, you know, expresses, you know, a strong sense of oneself, having standards, for, you know, the types of people you have in your life. you got to be this or else I can't give you all of me if you don't step up to the plate in that regard too so I can relate to that in certain aspects of my life sometimes so yeah that's where I kind of lean with that song
2: yeah I enjoy the song as well as you mentioned you know I love the piano chords in it and it has that upbeat feel this one reminds me of Desiree you gotta be because oh, yeah. you've got I mean it has that kind of vibe and obviously the lyrics as well
1: yeah. you gotta get stronger before it's okay you gotta get deeper
0: great so I mean it's fantastic that she did release so many from that era and you know and I think that was the era where b-sides really became more known to me I wasn't very familiar with them in the first era but this was the one where it really sort of stood out and I think maybe for other fans it really became kind of a feature that people looked for when Delta was releasing music so moving on then to the Delta album there were five b-sides for this one and I think there's definitely some of these where people go this should have been on the album I think this is the one where people start to go why did this not make the album and I think I'm going to start with Take Me Home as the first one, which for me, that is my comment. Why was this song not on the album? It is brilliant. Paddy.
1: Look, I hear it's always on top of people's lists with those bunkered down requests. And just in general, once talking to all the fans, what their favorite B sides are. So I do hear it a lot too. I do like it. It's not going to be the one that I rave about the most. It's a very sexy song, let's put it that way. Something different to what she's ever put out before. But I think that kind of, you know, when she came back with that new look or the newer look we haven't seen with, with the Delta album, that kind of thing too. So, you know, perhaps at that time it was, you know, her way of reflecting that continued growth as herself as a woman. And I think that that song may have embraced that as well. And yeah, I kind of like the music surrounding as well, the varying sound effects you know, the company, her vocals and the keys as it builds, it adds lots of drama and then there's very, very high vocals. Mostra sure she strays away because of those, you know, she did it on the Bunker Down of course as well and did a good job. So it's a fan favourite. But yeah, probably not high high on my list, but I don't mind.
2: Well, I absolutely love Take Me Home. I think it's just, I mean, it is a massive fan favorite, And I mean, it's a different direction again, because it's, you know, it's a lot dancier in terms of the production as well. So I think maybe that's potentially a reason why it wasn't on the album, because it was a sort of sonic shift. But yeah, the melody is amazing. And her vocals, as you say, when it gets to the really high parts. And, you know, at the start, it has this sort of atmospheric feel and then it sort of really builds up. Mm. And yeah, it's such a great song. And, you know, I'm always sort of begging for it to be performed. So it was great that she did do it on the Bunker Downs. Although the one thing that I'm annoyed about now is that because it was one of the earlier ones, so the sound quality wasn't as good as the later ones. So I'd love to hear her do it again, you know, with really good sound quality.
0: I would say it's probably one of the true dancey songs she's done because you've got ones which are like pop kind of songs, but this felt more kind of like trance dance type thing, which with the atmosphere she creates and then building up the tempo later on. Take me Moving on now to talk about another up-tempo track that we had on the In This Life single was Breathe In, Breathe Out. Personally, don't think it's the same as Take Me Home, but I appreciate it as an up-tempo track. But I don't know if it would have fitted with the album as much.
1: Interesting. I would have to disagree with you there slightly. As I said, I do like both Take Me Home and Breathe In, Breathe Out, but I think Breathe In, Breathe Out sits stronger. For me, I'm of the opinion that, you know, how is this left off the Delta album? I thought, yeah, it was quite a strong for a B-side. And once again, fans adore this song and I couldn't agree more with them as well just listening to the song i think she found a great way with the production to make it sound you know musically and lyrically like it's like one big inhalation exhalation it's like i feel like i'm breathing like i'm meditating or i'm doing something it's taken to that place you know when life just gets too much and particularly the times we're going through right now i think we can all turn to this song in those times we just feel like i just can't get through this and that but just you know breathe in breathe out and you know good things will come back and life will get better again so you know it's that song that comes on the playlist you know those times when you might need it in your life and you hear it and you're just like thank you delta i needed that message today so that's that song
2: for me yeah it's a great message and it's a great song again i still think i'd prefer take me home to breathe and breathe out but it's still a great one to listen to again it's that dance production so yeah
0: brilliant moving on then to the believe again single we had two b-sides on there fortune and love and fever
1: I'll start with fortune and love. I've been requesting this one a lot top of my list for those bunker downs. So hopefully in 2021, when she brings them back, This one will come along the way. Look, I get it. For most people, you know, they may think this song might be a little bit too sappy, you know, lovey-dovey kind of vibes there as well. But for me, look, it's just you know, it's beautiful. It's simple. You know, it's like the perfect love letter in a song. I would put it as that too. I think I feel her heart as she's saying these, you know, words to this person. She's you know thinking of when she's writing it as well, and just that end note, you know, and I wish you all the fortune and love. And the way she sings that last note at the end, it just ties it up. It just gives me chills, you know, running down my spine when I hear it. It makes me feel very warm and fuzzy. So I personally like this one.
0: Yeah, I really like and Love. And I feel like a song like that was kind of missing from the Delta album. Like there wasn't a nice like love song. I don't know. There wasn't a song like that in the Delta album. So I think it could have been a song which could have fitted in there. But yeah, beautiful song. And I, yeah, I agree. That end bit is kind of the stand moment. It's just her voice with then that, that single piano at the end. Yeah, beautiful.
2: Yeah, I love Fortune in Love as well. As you say, you know, it's a beautiful piano, heartfelt ballad. And I like how she sort of has the different variations on that sort of proverb, fortune favours the brave, throughout the song. And yeah, I'd love to hear her perform it live as well. That's definitely one on my list. One of the lyrics I found interesting is she talks about snow in November. Yeah,
1: not here. Not here. <laughs> Where is she? We'll never know.
0: And I wish all the fortune
1: and,
2: love.
0: and then fever. Personally I'm not a huge fan of fever. It's also not really the thing I'd use to sort of refer to my attraction to someone gives me a fever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it might be a good kind of fever, maybe. But yeah, continue, go ahead look to me it's like another take me home kind of vibe it's a very very sexy song too it's probably stepped up a bit of a notch there as well like yourself kyle not a song that's ever really grabbed me any real way of liking or disliking it is what it is she obviously needed to get that off her chest and get that out there so yeah i'm impartial
2: the intro of this song kind of reminds me of patience by take that yeah and when it got to the sort of instrumental in the middle it kind of sounds like a bond theme but that's
1: it yeah no it's a funny one that one for me and how i feel about it
0: So the final B-side for this era is a ballad called Unsure. Jason, take it away.
2: I love Unsure. Again, I think just all the piano ballads I absolutely love. And this one is, you know, it's just Delta in the piano again, I think. And, you know, she's really sort of vulnerable and fragile in this song. And she has a really sort of delicate vocal as well. And those lyrics are just so sort of honest. And again, everyone gets those feelings of uncertainty and being unsure. And this song kind of feels like it could be like a Disney song or a song in a musical. It has that sort of feeling to me as well. But yes, such a beautiful song.
1: That's exactly where my vibes went as well. It has that real, as you said, Disney kind of vibe too for sure. I just appreciate this song's, you know, it's a very simple melody, you know, it's pretty straightforward in its messaging. And once again, I think we've all sat in those times in our lives where we're just like, Where am I at? What do I want to do? Who am I? What am I doing with myself? That kind of thing. I know when I was in some of my darker moments too, I did turn to this song when I did feel quite low about, you know, my life's direction and, you know, who I was. And I think that lyric of, you know, I think I have all I need and then I still want more. I think I don't know about you guys, but that one resonates a lot with me that Mm. you know you just got to try and be happy with what you have for now and you know whatever comes in the future will come but not always looking for more just be happy with what you've got that's what this song kind of brings out for me
0: Yeah, I love this song. It's so beautiful. I understand maybe why it didn't make the album. Like I know that Delta wanted to move away from those types of songs. But I feel like this song could have been like the heavy of the Delta album. Like it could have been that moment in the middle of the album, that song with that kind of moment of just pause, reflect. I feel like it could have had its moment. And I don't feel like the Delta album had a song like that. And I think it would have really benefited from having a song like Unsure in there.
2: All I know right now is I'm unsure.
0: So moving on to the next era. So as we see, we've gone through three areas and Delta did some fantastic B-sides. But I feel like she went, "Ha, hold on a second, hold my wine. I'm going to give you now B-sides from Child of the Universe, which I think for many fans there are some really strong b-sides that people feel really strongly about the fact they didn't make the album so the first b-side was on sitting on top of the world we had uncovered which when you think about if you bought the single for sitting on top of the world which is up tempo high energy and then you move on to track two uncovered would feel like quite jarring to go from that to a song like uncovered but what do people think of that song
2: To be fair, I wasn't always the biggest fan of Uncovered. I think maybe as you said, because I was so sort of into sitting on top of the world and that sort of really happy upbeat vibe. But thinking about, you know, the lyrics here, there's still, you know, really positive message. And it's again, a feeling of sort of shedding skin and rebirth. And it's interesting that she uses the lyric, how do I begin, which she obviously uses again in Paralyze, which is another one which is talking about rebirth. But another lyric I had sort of noted was, you know, I wouldn't change a single thing, which relates kind of to in I'm not giving up where she says, if I could do it all again, would I do it differently? But again, you know, this the sort of feeling of no regrets.
1: Fair enough. For me, this one, I just obviously discovered it again. I hadn't listened to it for a little while before this, so I'm just you know, listening to it again recently. It just felt very refreshing. It's just a song that I thought, you know, it packs a good punch, both, you know, musically and lyrically for me. And what I love most about the lyrics to this song is, once again, it's messaging, you know, you may think you know me, but, you know, we as humans, we are quite complex and we always evolve and there's always parts of us that, you know, are always developing and that, you know, we can change in whichever way we want to change in that as well. And you shouldn't, you know, pigeonhole me or anybody into, you know, a box of just being one person. So that messaging, of this song really resonated with me for sure
0: I've always really liked this song when I feel like I said it in other podcasts I've always enjoyed Delta's kind of slightly more rockier side and I feel like it's a side that we don't get to see very often and it's not what she's known for but I think some of her songs where she's gone to that type of genre has been really powerful I absolutely love the when you think you've taken everything here I am at the end when she really just goes for it and you just like I think I've had those moments where I'm like yeah you get into the song and that moment comes up and you just give it everything I absolutely love the end of that song and I just love the energy yeah, and, the, and it's interesting there's so many songs where she's constantly sort of reflecting and shedding and i sometimes worry that she reflects maybe too much because there's so many of these kind of songs where there's a lot of reflection going on in them.
1: Uh... yeah it's funny how the recurring themes keep coming back through you know the albums and the b-sides as we keep working our way through we're kind of touching it again over and over again the messages as i've just identified you know on my own notes we're just seeing the trends and patterns in her writing and yeah who she is as a person it's quite interesting to you know hear it back yeah
0: And then moving on to the second single, which was Dancing with a Broken Heart. Again, an up-tempo song with a darker B-side. And we had Waiting for Forever, which for me, I'm going to put it out there, is better than Rise, personally. It is better than Rise, in my opinion.
1: Big, Big call, big call.
0: I just love the lyrics, I love the meaning of it, you know, why don't you stop waiting forever because forever might never come, And you know, that kind of like, don't wait for something to happen because it might not, like, go for it. I love the meaning behind the song and just the way she sings it, that kind of forever might never come at the end and it's just, her vocals just beautiful. But yeah, sorry if people who prefer Rise, like. but for me, I think this is, for this era, is the standout B-side.
1: Look, it is very, very strong. I do agree with you on that front too, but Rise will get to that shortly. But look, this song, I kind of like the grungier vibe, you know, that chorus, that real, you know, that grit, that deep bass line, which thing you know, stop waiting for forever, forever might never come. And, you know, I'm someone you who know, has a tendency to overanalyze life sometimes and, you know, plan things to the nth degree, sometimes procrastinate. So this song, you know, gives that strong message of just stop, you know, stop holding yourself back and delaying your own personal growth and development because you never know what the future is going to hold. So that messaging for me, you know, it really resonates.
2: Yeah, that's a great message. I think I probably don't listen to this song enough, and maybe I should do, because I do, you know, it's another great B side and I love the chorus, but in particular, you know, where she has both the low and high octaves. And Mm. I love when the backing vocals come in on stop. That's a great moment in that song as well.
0: Yeah, I'm really glad you mentioned that bit because I was gonna come back and mention the bit where she was like, Why don't you stop? Like and she just goes for it. And then yeah, then you've got the vocals behind it and the layers. But yeah, like I just love that bit in this song. And yeah. Moving on now to the one which Paddy, it sounds like he's very excited to talk about, was a B-side for Wish You Were Here, which was Rise. And tragically, when requested in a bunker down, Delta said, I don't have a song called Rise, which I think broke the heart of so many fans when she was like, had forgotten she'd produced this song, which also makes us realise she writes obviously a lot. But the fact that she'd forgotten this one, I think many people were really surprised about. So what do we think about this song? And what do we think when we heard that she'd forgotten all about it?
1: It broke my heart. This song, for many years, I said this is my favourite Delta song of them all. Absolutely. This song, it hit me when I first heard it. It actually made me cry. It takes a lot to make me cry sometimes. It made me very emotional. There was just something so powerful in it as well. Paralysed is probably the one that's just recently released. That's just gone straight up there as well. So it's in my top couple for sure. But just the lyrics again, just so powerful and relatable to me. Those feelings of helplessness, despondency within oneself and your life and its direction. You're just crying out for that person. Please help me just reignite the flame inside of me and just make me feel like myself again and help me find some direction and purpose. You know, I'm starting to see there's a world out there for me. Let me make believe. As I said, once again, my own personal journey, I've turned to this song in my darker moments and it's just helped me to push through those tough times as well. And for me, yeah, Rise should have been on the album at 100%. I think it has a very similar messaging to Safe to Believe and I think Rise is far superior and a much better song. I'm very passionate about it. So, yep, yeah, Rise, love, love, love.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I just said that Waiting Forever, I prefer it to Rise as a B-side, but I don't think Waiting Forever would have worked on Child of the Universe. Whereas Rise, I agree, would have worked. It should have been on the album. And I think it's testament to that area that there are such strong B-sides across mm. all of them are really strong. And yeah, I love Rise. I love the fact that, again, it's a song which builds and it kind of, again, builds with that empowerment because the chorus is kind of, it feels like it's kind of you're reflecting in the first verse and chorus. and just thinking about this kind of, I'm going to rise above this. I'm going to get through this. And by the end, you know, it's like I'm trying to open up my eyes and the energy that comes out of it. You're at that point now, you're ready to go on into the new world kind of thing. So like, Yeah, beautiful song and yeah, criminal that it wasn't a song that made the album. I'm
2: going to say something that you, again, might not be so happy with, but
0: don't you dare. <laughs>
2: I mean, Rise was never a song that I had fully connected with, because I know that it's so, you know, beloved in the fan community. And I do still, you know, I appreciate the lyrics. And again, you know, it has that positive message of belief that is so key to Delta. And, you know, she has some wonderful vocals, which are, you know, soaring and rising. But I think maybe it's the fact that the melody of the chorus isn't quite, I don't know, I feel like I would want something slightly different there.
0: Jason, I'm sensing a pattern on the, the way the kind of positive messaging songs. You seem to kind of go, nah. <laughs> Visualise, rise. Not the, it's not the message. No, I think maybe or it's songs just, I ending wanted... in ise. Jason doesn't like.
2: Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> that,
0: I need to look back at that.
2: But yeah, again, maybe I need a different sort of arrangement or different melody to it. That's the only thing.
1: I appreciate the way Jason sees it through his lens. He's got the opposite the pianist and the piano side of the real thing too. I just look at it on lyrics and feeling there too. I'm sure he has those elements as well, but it's great to hear it. As much as I love that song, it just makes me think. So it's good to get the alternative viewpoint. So I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, and I guess it depends what you go to Delta for. Like, but yeah, and the fact that she is an artist that covers so many of the areas. And if you are, as you say, someone who plays an instrument, you are listening to that side of things. Well, I'm a writer and lyricalist I love listening to that side of things, and that's what this yeah. song, yeah, it draws you in. But no, it is an iconic one. It's one I think people will keep requesting again and again for Delta to perform. But there was a second B-side on the "Wish You Were Here" single, which was a song called "Daughter." Paddy, take it away.
1: Sure, I've said it a few times. There's a lot of them. Another fan favourite. I know lots of my dearest Delta friends were just saying, "Please, Delta, give me daughter, daughter." So once again, I think we'll be petitioning hard for that when it comes back. Always been curious on you know everyone's thoughts on what this song was about. For me, I kind of go two angles. Is it as literal as it sounds? You know, is it talking to her parents as a daughter, those feelings, you know, venting some frustrations, you know, or could it be directed to? Is it the greater Australian public? You know, she's always seen as you know our Delta, our you know golden girl and that kind of. as well too. So it's just. Is the messaging of you know like telling people just to back off, you know, let me live my life the way I want to live it, and you know, if I get hurt in the process, so be it. You know, I need to do things for myself. Stop sheltering me. You know, stop trying to protect me from everything. And I think yeah, I don't know if it goes down that more Australian line because it's a very Australian thing here, the Australian tall poppy syndrome. You may have heard of it, where it's very easy to start you know having opinions on a lot of people who are you know have high profiles in you know Australian entertainment industry. So not sure what you guys think of where your mind goes with that messaging, but those are my two thoughts on that one.
0: I think some of the first lyrics around that one day I'll thank you but not right now I'm just too raw like I've always taken it as a song about her parents we know that the relationship she'd just come out of at that time there'd been some tensions in that relationship with her parents so I do sometimes think is it that that she's referring to gonna say it Paddy I'm really sorry but Daughter's not one of my standouts as a b-side it's not one I go to quite often but it is a nice song but yeah not one that's always stood out for me comparative to the others as well with that era it's one yeah. I've often forgotten about but it- is quite coded and cryptic i don't think it's very clear and i think it's one which people take their own thing away from
1: yeah i agree it's not high on my list either too but i think it's just yeah i appreciate it but yeah i agree it's not high on my list either as well it's just that it makes me think every time i listen to it, i'm trying to decode and think of it a bit more as well so that's where that one sits to me
0: yeah and i also the bit when she refers to the daughter like she refers to it in the third person but then the rest person, of the song yeah. she's talking about it in the first person so kind of like, well, who is the daughter then like i know is- just keeping us guessing
1: i love it
2: I didn't have anything to say really about the meaning because, again, it's not one that I've been able to quite crack either. But I like listening to Daughter. I feel like she has this really quite angry middle eight, and the vocals are sort of distorted, which is slightly different for Delta. And at the very end, I only just listened to it the other day and noticed she has this sort of chuckle that she does at the end, which is interesting.
1: Mm -hmm. I was going to say the same thing that middle eight. I can't even make out what some of the lyrics are. I'm curious to know what they are. They might fill in some more pieces for me, but that little chuckle at the end gets me every time. It's just like, yeah, you're being funny here and I like it. Or not funny, but you know what I mean? It's just, it's like, what are you trying to do to us, Delta? Yeah, I like it in that regard. It's cheeky. That's probably the word I'm after, cheeky.
2: And I also really like the lyrics of, you know, I won't give up on you and I won't give up on me. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, again, that's the sort of link to I'm not giving up.
0: So then there was a B-side for the Love Thy Will Be Done single, and that was a cover of the song Stay by Shakespeare's sister. Paddy, what do you think of the cover of that song? It's not often we get covers from Delta.
1: No, absolutely love just the love that will be done on that single, but stay for me. I listened to it maybe once or twice, and I just don't like it at all. I actually listened to it for the first time today, probably in seven years. Yes, I can see your mouths are gaped open there as well. I believe this song was huge over in your part of the world. It may have been over here as well when I was younger, so I do apologise. However... I did listen to the original today just to compare because all I've ever heard is Delta's version. I do like the original. So I think that says something for me. It's not maybe the song. It's just the way that this one was produced and just her vocals. It just didn't feel like a Delta song to me as well. But all power to the original. I did like the original there as well too. So yeah, this one, it's a very quick skip for me. So apologies to whoever that offends.
0: I don't think anybody could ever outdo the original. I think the original is the classic song. I don't know it's worldwide appeal, but it is a classic track. But I really liked the fact that it's a style that we don't hear very often. It had that kind of ethereal atmosphere. Her vocals were kind of a bit haunted. That kind of reminded me a bit of the Hunters and the Wolves type songs. So I appreciate that we get to hear a different style. And again, it just shows her versatility with her voice. It's not a B-side I go to very often, but I do enjoy it.
2: Yeah, see, I've always loved the original. And when I found out that Delta was covering it, I was really excited to hear it. And even more so than Love Thy Will Be Done, because I'd never heard of Love Thy Will Be Done before, but I was really familiar with Stay. So I felt like when that single came out, I was listening to Stay more often. But yeah, I mean, I do love Delta's version of it. And the thing about this song, actually, because it's originally performed by two singers. And there's obviously, you know, the really low middle age. And then the rest of the song is high, which is done by the other singers. Whereas Delta obviously does all of it. And I feel like it's a massive range for one person to do. So that's quite an achievement. The thing I didn't quite like about Delta's version was though, well, there's two things. The first is that I felt like at the start it was a bit too quiet because I felt like I always needed to turn the volume up just to hear it clearly enough. And the other thing was in the final chorus, I felt like she didn't actually do the final chorus. She sort of just went on to do her ad libs. So there wasn't that final big moment I wanted from it. With me.
0: Okay, so moving on then to Wings of the Wild, what happened? We had had four amazing albums with loads of B-sides and then nothing. I think it's shocking that we have one to talk about, but it's only a B-side because it got put on the single, but we'd heard it a lot earlier before. So the question before we even talk about that song is, why didn't we get B-sides for Wings of the Wild?
1: I don't you have know? a theory. It leaves me yes, yeah, speechless. I'm not sure why. Jason, do you have a theory?
2: No, I have no idea. Sorry. <laughs>
0: I do wonder if it's maybe the only thing I can think of is is by this point singles in kind of the global sales of singles had really dropped and it was very much now digital and streaming had come in. So the only thing I could think of is it was in that kind of reason for it. But there was one put on a single, it was on the river. It was a song we'd all heard before, and it was You and You Alone, which is such a beautiful song. And I think if we all think about our wedding day, this one probably is gonna end up being there somewhere or another. Paddy, I can see you kind of holding your hand to your heart. What do you think of You and You Alone?
1: Lyrically, You and You Alone, for me, it's probably one of the best songs she's ever written. Another song that, you know, made me cry the first time I heard it. Similar vibes, you know, Fortune and Love, but just a thousand times the perfect love song there as well. You know, You Are Brighter Than The Lights Over New York City and My Hiding Place When The World's Not Pretty. Like, what a great lyric that is. Like, you know, it's just so perfect. So if I'm not wrong, I think that song was written around the time of the Delta album. Am I correct? And I've had many passionate debates that, you know, Delta album for me is probably my least favourite. I know we've had discussions of this previously as well of all the albums. And a song like this would have just, you know, maybe boosted the album a little bit more in my personal opinion there as well. And I would have put that as a single. That that song should be out in the world. I know it was obviously through that marriage of her friends, but, you know, if it was picked up by a TV show with like, you know, a really beloved character, you know, there's something tragic happens in a TV show or just something, a romantic scene. It just needed, that song deserves. It's one of the best she's written. It's up there in my my top five
2: Delta songs of all it's fantastic oh wow it's amazing that you're so passionate about this song because I really love it I don't know whether i consider it in my top but it's definitely such a strong you know again another piano ballad and we know she does those so well and I love the strings on it as well and as you mentioned you know those are great lyrics and I really love the melody of the chorus I think that it's just such a great one to listen to and yeah if my wedding day comes it'll be great to have that one playing as well
0: brighter than the lights of a New York City and you are I just smile when I ever I listen to that song especially if the video that went with it as well and obviously this is the only b-side that actually had an accompanying video it's such a beautiful song I love the bit where it's like and nothing would ever come between us and nothing means more to me than you like you know we've been in relationships or I've been in relationships we've all felt that at some point in our lives and yeah I just think it's a beautiful song I love the association message with that around sort of the movement of sort of gay marriage and things like that and yeah am I right in thinking that came around the time you guys are having the vote in Australia, or that was a big debate at the time.
1: Very similar time frame, yeah, for sure
0: yeah but no yeah beautiful song love the lyrics should have been on an album and i'd say i think again the delta album could have easily replaced woman like as a song (laughs) but yeah great song just again a disappointment that for the whole of the wings of the wild we missed out on b-sides yeah but then we can move on then now to dg6 which we obviously call dg6 because we don't actually really know what the title of the album is we think it might be the name of the tour but we don't actually know yet and we did get a b-side i didn't know this was going to be a b-side because it was kind of just brought out and then it was put on the Paralyzed CD. So we can therefore call it a B-side because it wasn't actually an official single, which was back in 84, which is a song she's written with Marla and Matt, who she's been writing with for this new era. And it's a very different song from what we've ever really heard from Delta before. So Jason, take it away. What do we think of back in 84?
2: Yeah, I love Back in 84. It's it's another sort of uptempo one, and it has the same sort of throwback vibe that we're seeing with this era. And when Delta was sort of hashtagging stop and rewind, I always felt that that was going to relate to this song because I think we'd seen this title. So again, it does fit with that theme. I love the fact that she has, you know, these sort of cultural references throughout the song. And this one kind of reminds me of the age of Aquarius. Do you know that song? I know the name of it. Okay, look it up. Again, that's just the one that popped into my head when I was listening to it. And yeah, this is quite interesting that it has those tempo changes between the verses and the chorus. It's not something that Delta's ever really done before. So I wonder why, because I haven't quite worked out what the reason behind that is, but yeah, great song. And the other thing I kind of, just a sort of little niggle I had is, because she talks about the Berlin war coming down in 91, which it was, I guess, kind of when it completely came down, but I always consider it to come down in 89, on the 9th of November, which is her birthday. So that's quite mm. a significant date. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, we did have debates about that. Jason raised it as a point. And I was like, I think we got off and Googled it and it actually getting yeah, 91, the ball had actually come down. But for me, I loved the song and I love the tempo and the energy and the cultural references and everything. But when I heard the title back in 84 and we saw it as a song that we knew was going to come out, I expected it to be more, again, the typical Delta reflecting song rather than being this kind of going through the times and, you know, don't keep looking back, move forwards message. Whereas I thought this would be a bit more personal with being Back in 84. So I really enjoyed it, but I was surprised. I thought it was going to be more of an autobiographical type song just because of the fact that 84 was the year she was born. I thought it would be something more like that. But I love the energy. I love the vibe. It's one of those songs that it works as a standalone track, but it's not a vibe or a feel that I'd want to see in a day. Delta album
1: no i hear what you're saying about that one too i did think when i saw the title it'd be more of a reflective piece but literally from that second one you know one second of the song it's like you're setting your roller coaster and you're off you're launching off and it's like the vibe as you said it's that real up tempo that 70s kind of vibe with a bit of a modern production which is great it makes you want to get up and dance you know get around the room and like you know dance around like a maniac and just get lost in it you know lots of air guitar lots of air drums and stuff lots of fun too i've got some choreography planned for tour if it happens so let me know guys if you're coming over for it and we'll go and get some dance moves on and it's just a lot of fun good for your couple karaoke's, and as Jason said, I do like the contra. Oh, I personally like the contrast of you know the fast start to the song and then the slower chorus. It works for me. Mm. I don't know why, it just it does work for me. And the back and forth and the vocals are just killer as well. So please, Delta, add this to the set list for tour. It would go off. I think we'd have a great time with it. And if it fits on the album, by all means, but I won't be too upset if it is or it isn't. I'm just glad I've got it.
0: Yeah, I mean, if it was on tour, I would imagine it'd be one of those songs where I would say, don't tell fans you're about to sing it. Just literally do the kind of string along with the keys and everything. will straight away know what song you're going to go into and go crazy so i would imagine it would work perfectly for tour and people would go wild for it yeah for sure great so guys we have done it we have gone through all the b-sides from delta's discography I really hope that there are more B-sides to come, though. We are now moving on to my favourite segment. is the Goodrum and the drum. So, Paddy, I'm sure you're familiar with this now, the other podcasts. Mm-hmm. So, the Goodrum is your favourite. We try and ask that you pick only one. We always fail because we end up picking more than one. And then a drum, which song which nobody hates. we just not as much of a fan as it with others. So, we'll start with the Goodrum. And as our guest, we will start with you, Paddy. What is your Goodrum B-side?
1: I'm sure it's not been much of a surprise to you guys as well. Rise, as I said, it was always up there for me as being one of my favourite doppler songs ever. And yeah, just going over, it. just, it's a song that's really dear to me and I've turned to it in times where I've needed it. So Rise, 100% for me. But you're in your line very close second, but 100% Rise.
2: Jason. Okay, so for me, I think I'll have to go for Take Me Home. I think it's just such a euphoric song. And that's the word I wanted to use. And I mean, it'll be great to, you know, have this when we're back in the clubs to have this playing and blasting out. And again, it will be a great one to hear her perform live. So put that on the tour, maybe.
0: Jason, if you know a nightclub that will play Delta Goodroom, Take Me Home, invite me along, please. <laughs> For me, my good dream has to be visualize that song just for so many years, and it's been out now for sort of 16 years. I go back to it so often, I think it's in like the top six of like my most played songs ever. Like, so it's just something I've always gone back to. I love the positive vibe it gives, I love the piano in that song. So, yeah, for me, visualize has to be the good dream. And then we then have our bad dream, Jason. What's your bad dream B side?
2: I think it's quite difficult because you know, there's so many, obviously, not so many bad ones. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: oh, so, so Jason. <laughs> no okay i don't know well i had a few in mind but i think the one that i'd probably go to the least would be fever i guess i mean i don't have a huge amount to say about it i think as you're saying it's a weird sort of analogy to use but yeah so that's probably my least favorite sorry and well delta's never performed it so maybe she doesn't like it that much either who knows
0: and paddy
1: yeah, once again, probably no surprises here. Stay for me. Yeah, it just doesn't resonate with me in any way, shape or form. Her version of it as well. It might suit other people, but just for me, didn't really stand out. So,
0: For me, it has to go back to the Innocent Eyes era, which I think I didn't really follow the B-sides in that era. And I think maybe that might be why I haven't ever really connected with many of those songs. But for me, Lost for Words is the bad room. I didn't like the production of that song. and I still don't to this day. But yeah, so that for me is the bad room. Great so moving on then to our quiz so we have three questions first one to get the answers gets the points first question we always start with a finish the lyric so the lyrics are and the stars were up at night I looked around but couldn't see
2: the truth in you but I correct dignity for me
0: and it was from which song Jason
2: silence be heard Mm. I think I was quite close to picking this as my Goodrum, actually so it's honestly it's one of my top b-sides well then, Jason gets the point for that one.
0: Question two: Name the four tracks that were a collaboration between only Delta and Vince Pazinga. Hear me calling!
2: Yeah, uh, Lost for Words. Not Lost for Words. No. Oh yeah. Harry, have
0: you got any there? Any you could think of?
1: Oh, this is a Jason territory. He's so good with this stuff. Yeah, no, probably not my strong point. Was hearing calling one of them? Did I say that? Yes, that's one. Thank you. you. Did, you said oh, that I'll earlier. take a point. Thank you.
2: Wasn't that the one that I just said? Oh, was you it?
0: did. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <All> <laughs> okay, right, awkward. I will give you the answers for this one. So the uh, answers... wait a minute.
2: Let me just think. Jason, I'll
0: give you a clue. You just mentioned one of these songs a minute ago in your bedroom. Oh, was it
2: finally heard? No. 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 Oh gosh, sorry. It was my bad Room. Fever.
0: Yeah. He's did br- they? Oh, yeah. I did not know. So the answers no. were fever, here I am, hear me calling, and the riddle. Oh. They were written only by him. Vince did also write with her on Waiting Forever, Daughter, but they were collaborations with other artists. But I've always said that they do tend to write darker music together. That relationship is so interesting because yeah. it's where her more darker music comes from. And the last question. You and you alone did have a music video, as we mentioned, to celebrate the wedding of Delsa's friends. What were the names of the grooms?
1: Glenn? His name was Glenn. And I don't know what the other
0: guy's name was. Glenn. Oh, yeah, it was, was it mate. Chris? Chris and Glenn, correct. You can both get the point for that one. There we go. (laughs) Great. So thank you both very much for taking the time to go through Delta's B-sides. I think we agree that it's been great fun. We look forward to more B-sides, hint, hint, in the Delta Bridgum 6 album. Join us next time where we will be discussing all the other songs Delta's released over the last 20 years, which did not make it into an album, including tracks such as I Don't Care, Heart Hypnotic and Let It Rain. But until then, from me, Kyle.
2: And me, Jason. And from me, Paddy. Bye. Bye. Bye.